You go into business, don't apologize to anyone. Go into business to make money for yourself and your family. Because in the process, you will employ others, you'll pay taxes, uh, do good to society. Welcome to Expedition Business, where we discuss the highs and lows of our entrepreneurs and how they manage to keep the flame of business adventure burning. But today is slightly different. My name is Christelle Rosley Fenton. I have an immense privilege of talking to Herman Mashaba, one of the most well-known successful black entrepreneurs prior to South Africa's democracy in 1994. And he grew his business adventures even bigger in the new South Africa. Herman, welcome to Expedition Business. No, thank you so much, uh, Christelle, and it's, yes, it's been a, an exciting, difficult journey, but uh, you know what, uh, what, what is easy in life? Uh, yes, I started my business career, not coming from a, a business background uh, with the loss at the time saying I cannot go into business and uh, realizing that the only way I could attain my independence was to go into business. And I decided I'm going to do it with or without the laws um, permitting or not permitting me. And uh, luckily, God um, gave me the blessings and I used my God-given brains uh, to navigate the challenges. So you are very well adapted to working with laws that you don't like. It sort of came with you from the beginning. Well, I think uh, it's uh, what is actually quite painful for me, Crystal. Uh, you know, when I voted for Nelson Mandela in 1994, I expected to see an explosion of black entrepreneurs. And I'm actually quite sad uh, that um, the new South Africa has even destroyed uh, the entrepreneurial spirit of uh, of our people, mainly the, you know, the, uh, the, the black entrepreneurs, uh, SMMEs. Uh, because then we focused on uh, wrong economic uh, laws, uh, like uh, this drug, what are called draconian labor laws that are there to destroy small businesses, um, come out with socialist um, policies, coming out with discriminatory laws, uh, discriminating South Africans against one another, you know, and uh, and allowed um, the crime uh, to be the order of the day that destroyed uh, uh, businesses because you there's just no way businesses will ever flourish in an environment of chaos and what we are seeing in South Africa today. If you want to destroy a country and destroy its economy, destroy the rule of law and uh, the criminal justice system. And it's unfortunate that the party of Nelson Mandela has been responsible for the destruction of our economy. That's why we sit with uh, the highest sustainable unemployment rate in the world. We are the most unequal society on earth. We are the mega capital of the world. Uh, you know, in, in a country as rich as South Africa, as diverse as South Africa, a country with so much talent, Unfortunately, um, our political leadership is more focused on, on stealing than saving society. Mm -hmm. But Herman, if I'm correct, you left full-time entrepreneurship in 2014 to join politics. Looking back, would you do that again? 
Now, I left um, the business uh, uh, considered uh, the late 2015, not 2014. And I obviously then took politics on a full-time basis uh, in January of 2016, uh, campaigning as um, DA's mayoral candidate in the city of Johannesburg. Will I do it again? I will do it a thousand times more, given opportunity, if, uh, you know, because I'm really using my privileged position uh, really do something about uh, the, the the evilness that I see in, in, in my country. And um, for me, running away is not an option. Uh, I strongly believe that we need to stand up to evil. And when evil prevails and uh, you, you decide to put your head in the sand, uh, I strongly believe that God will punish you. Because mm -hmm. it's much easier to just stay in business and working for your own pocket. No, it's not easy. No, it's it's morally uh, bankrupt. It's 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 immoral, and, um, and and I would not really do anything that uh, morally it's, uh, it's it's unacceptable. You know, to, for someone privileged as I am to sit back and say. It's got nothing to do when I see poverty around me. I see the suffering of our people. Uh, honestly, I, I, it, it doesn't resonate uh, with with me. It, uh, I wasn't born uh, to just be a, a spectator and say things have got nothing to do with me. I can tell you the inequality, the the the, the laws discriminating against South Africans. Uh, they are my problem. I, 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 they're not anyone's problem. They are my problem. I take personal responsibility for anything that I'm aware of and I don't do anything about it. Then then I'm complicit. So I don't want to be complicit uh, to, to evil. Going back in time, you grew up in highly impoverished environment with a father that passed away, your mother you hardly saw as, as she worked as a domestic worker very, very far from home. And well, thanks. Very close by, I can walk to where she used to uh, to uh, to work in uh, in 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 Senton. Probably it would take me fifteen minutes walk by kites five minutes. I used to come and visit her in my youth uh, when I was fifteen, sixteen, um, uh, traveling all the way from Amanskra from time to time uh, to uh, to come and visit her. And, uh, to uh, to come and get money because it was cheaper for me to. To, uh, to um to to really come over to Joburg than for her to come to to, to home to Amanskirov. So yeah, uh, and I've been living in this uh, community now since 1998. Mm -hmm. But growing up, things were not easy. And as far as I can remember from your biography, you even sold some wheat at a point. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> Yeah, we can go into a lot of details of all the things that went wrong, but eventually you did make it and you became successful. What do you think is the difference between you and all your peers that stayed behind? Well, I can tell you, you know, for me, if I did not uh, uh, to gamble on weekends, I would not have been able to, um, to go to school, uh, more especially from those days, from Form 1 up to Metric in 1978, I used to be, you know, in the townships, we play this game of dice. Mm -hmm. uh, every Friday night, uh, you go to gambling dens, and I was a noxman. Yes. Um, um, 
if I did not really play the, the dice to really be able to make money to to help me the, uh, for the following week because I used to leave home at what six thirty in the morning and uh, you come home uh, half past five to six at night. So if uh, weekend I don't make a plan to get carry money, that would mean that uh, I would spend the whole week um, at school without uh, surviving on a manscral water. The very same water that is now today killing our people from the taps. Mm -hmm. So I think gambling for me, because my mother could not afford uh, to really take care of me. I, I learned uh, at the early stage from 14, 15, buying my own clothes, uh, buying my own books by gambling. And, uh, and obviously, as part of the peer pressure, we, we probably started smoking weed uh, for one of my... Um, uh, cousins uh, older than us, uh, he's the one who taught us to 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 to, uh, to smoke. And I remember sometime, uh, to, uh, I think in 1977, when we were in uh, four, uh, at one time, uh, one friend of mine and I, we said, my goodness, uh, we uh, for some weeks, uh, the gambling wasn't working. And we said, but we smoke this stuff and we've got lots of friends uh, who, do, who are smoking. Why don't we... We look for a, um, uh, the main supplier and then we sell it and make money to be able to go to school. Luckily for us, that time my mother was already back at home and uh, not well. And uh, within a week picked up that something was was not <laughs> right and we stopped that nonsense. <laughs> we said, no, this is not worth it. And also the money we were making wasn't really worth the risk. Uh, you know, those days... Uh, um, yeah, you know, with apartheid government uh, for for just smoking, uh, they find you with a little bit of uh, of weed. Uh, you get five years and five years with no remission. You sure. know, so the risks uh, were high, and now even the profits were really not really worth it. So within a week, we we stopped. We realized, look, you know what, uh, Louis, that the, the, this is stupid. What we are we we trying to do? We are there. There's, there's no financial reward, so the profits are too small and the risks are high because if you get arrested, um, you go to jail for five years so with uh, with no remission, no, no parole, where today murderers are, are, are released uh, from prison. Now you can imagine for us innocent young people who are aware, we were doing this for survival. We were not really doing this because we were criminals. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. And yes, I don't think we should go into people getting out of jail today. That's a topic for a whole other day and definitely not part of entrepreneurship. But do you think that... But, but the thing is, but, uh, it's Christelle, um, we can't avoid uh, politics because politics are the ones uh, determining the future entrepreneurship. No ways we must fool our people that they're going to succeed as entrepreneurs in an environment of chaos. I can tell you, if you've got chaos, there's no way that your economy will ever um, progress. Anyway, in the world, no economy has ever progressed in an environment of chaos. That's why I don't understand when people want to distance themselves. They say, no, I'm a, I'm a businessman. I don't want to get involved in politics. But they go out and bribe politicians and uh, and do all funny things. Politics is it's a foundation of a successful nation. Mm. 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 Without a doubt. But 
I just want to come back quickly. Why do you think, what is the reason why you were successful and your peers in Haman Scroll stayed behind? Well, I think it, it, it depends on really so many factors because I think God created us as different uh, people. Uh, I have my own characteristics uh, that I had uh, as much as I lost my father at the age of two, but I had a grandfather who instilled in me a sense of self-independence, self-reliance, taught me the discipline and uh, and, and so forth. So the others were not lucky enough uh, to really have uh, mentors. My grandfather played a very, very big role in, 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 in my life. Uh, and secondly, also, I think I was brought up in a childhood household uh, by my sisters when my mother wasn't uh, home. And I, I, I really lived in a very stable family home and environment. As much as we did not have our own house, because my father died before building my mother's house. So we used to live from different houses of uh, family members. But as a family unit, um, my sisters really played such a really uh, inspirational role in, in my life. And at the age of 22, when I realized I needed stability in my life, I decided to took a decision to get married so that I can stabilize my life. So to arrest other people to, to decided um, to keep on playing, uh, whereas in my case, I felt, you know, I needed to protect myself from myself. So I needed a good revenue. And uh, to, to get this to get married at the age of 22. And here it is almost 42, 41 years of uh, my marriage. And I look at the role that my wife played. I look at the role that my sisters played look at the role that my mother played in my life look at the role that my grandfather played in my life and then i was brought up in a god-fearing family you know mm. they were, were we, we were not only afraid of police we were afraid of morality we we, we, we our value system as a family has really been uh, and it uh, even today keeps playing a role in my life that whatever you do in life you must um, uh, you must ensure that it's just something that will have God's blessings. Mm -hmm. So, Herman, you mentioned your grandfather. Is this the grandfather that named you Hyman I, when yeah, you were may, born? May, well, yeah, no, on the 26th of August, you can imagine in uh, two weeks' time, I'm going to be 10 in 26. I don't know how come. My grandfather happened to have been home on uh, 26th of August, 1959. And uh, my parents gave me two names, uh, Philip and Samtzeu. But my grandfather, out of his own, went around the entire village, house to house, telling everyone about the high men uh, being born. And uh, and uh, my f I ended up when I woke up in this world, everyone, including my family, called me high men. I only changed the name later on in my life because this high man was, was too heavy for me. But do you think it played a role in your life, being brought up with a grandfather that immediately thought you will be a leader one day? Well, uh, with, without any doubt, he, he didn't just call me high man. 
he instilled in me uh, uh, he he my grandfather lived for me uh, i know from the time i woke up in this world until he died in 1978 uh, i meant everything to him oh that is so so sweet herman malcolm gladwell said in his book david and goliath underdogs misfits and the art of battling giants that you reach success because of adversity and not despite of adversity. How do you feel about that? Well, honestly, it depends on um, any given situation. I think uh, some people uh, fail in adversity. Some people make it. Some people um, coming from successful families, they fail and some make it. So I think honestly, you, you, you can't really, um, really paint uh, everything with, with the same brush. It's, it's an academic, this is not an academic exercise. In, in real life, um, um, there are people coming from adversity who've made it, and there are people coming from adversity who did not make it. And in fact, for me, um, my view, uh, the, my personal view is that um, uh, that's why I'm, I'm in politics today because uh, chances of success when you're in, a, in, in, in adversity are, are, are reduced, <laughs> you know? So if you need your nation to succeed, you've got to create an environment that is inspiring and so forth. Because once you're in that environment, the chances of success of majority of your people then your nation is it's high, mm. so it is for that reason I'm in politics so that uh, we 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 need to unleash the potential of human beings. But unfortunately, right now our current government it's oppressing the potential of the human spirit. They they want to control. I mean, these are communists, they're socialists, they're corrupt uh, criminals. So obviously, their success is dependent on the oppression of other people, because that is what socialism is all about. It's about the oppression of men and uh, be controlled by political leaders, uh, you know, with a very expensive taste and um, and brutality. So, uh, and that's something that, uh, that in, uh, drove me to eventually get into politics to say, no, this is unacceptable. If we need to unleash the potential of our people is to create an environment where government leaves them alone. Government has got a big role to play, but government must create a conducive environment where all South Africans are treated equally. But government is not there to determine the outcome. Mm. <laughs> the mm. government's role is to create uh, uh, a, an equal uh, opportunity. But government cannot determine the outcome. And that's a mistake that um, that uh, socialists make. They want to determine uh, the, the outcome. Uh, I can give an example. My elder brother and I, from the same parents, and I don't know if you yes, my um, black like yes. you, you know? You, you know, right at the beginning, I, I talk about my brother who, um, uh, uh, left school while my father was still there, and uh, um, when he passed his standard six, was the best um, student in the in the, the Hamanskaral district. But instead of uh, actually pursuing his studies, going to high school, he decided no, he wants to go and work. And uh, my father was still around, and now 
you can imagine when I started school, I had no father. And I was determined to use education as, as, a, uh, uh, as a platform uh, or revenue to, uh, to free myself. So, and these are uh, two brothers from the same parents, you know. So, you know, this whole notion of um, politicians wanting to determine the outcome, it's, it's a mistake that uh, they keep making. But obviously it suits them because it allows them, it gives them an opportunity to control people because people are gullible um, uh, to believing politicians that they mean well. In the meantime, they, 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 they make them suffer. Hmm. Just quickly on a very practical basis, for people, entrepreneurs say in Haman Scroll today, that are battling to get their business going. What would you suggest to get, apart from politics, practical know-how, insight, what would you message would you give them to keep on going and despite all the failures that they've had in business, what would be, how would you help them to get going and well, to keep on well, going. Well, there's no. I will be lying to them um, uh, if uh, I'm not going to ask them. Uh, if I'm really serious about seeing an explosion of success, mm -hmm. uh, we've got to fix politics. <laughs> there are no ways I'm going to to lie to people of Amanskral uh, where they have industrial area called Babelech industrial area that used to. Uh, employ millions of people. Today, 80% of that industrial area is closed. Uh, you have draconian labor laws uh, that would make it difficult for a, for a small business guy to make it. You have an education system that is uh, producing the worst education outcomes uh, in, 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 in the world. You live in a society that is discriminating us along racial lines. So for as long as... Um, People ignore these fundamental basics. I'm saying to them, you can try, but your chances of success is going to be by luck, chances. So we, we can't rely on chances. We've got to rely on, 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 on planning to produce the right kind of environment so that we can unleash the potential of South Africans and people of Amanskara. Mm -hmm. So people of Amanskara today, with no education, with not even have water, they drinking cholera, the water, the factories are closed, uh, Kosatu has closed them down, their children are not getting proper education, the level of crime, it's, 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 it's out of hand, that the drugs, when I grew up, uh, the only drug we would have, it, it was weed, today they give them such, a, they've opened our borders to international drug syndicates, bringing drugs that are destroying our youth. So if, if you are not going to really deal with these macro things, honestly, I cannot really say you are going to succeed. Mm -hmm. Your success as entrepreneurs, our success as a nation, uh, commerce is dependent uh, on a conducive environment. We need to fix our, our politics uh, as part of, of, of using our own initiatives. But what is important we need to fix our politics because our politics are toxic. They are, they, they are not conducive uh, to, uh, uh, to a successful economy. Quick question, best case scenario, how long would it take to fix politics? 
to ensure that the mic you've got the most perfect micro environment to build a business in? I wish I was a prophet. <laughs> I really wish so because I'm not sure how long it's going to take us to to fix politics. We we I personally believe 2024 is going to be the defining moment whether South Africa is going to make it or not. If people of Amanskwa, if black people who are the majority in this country. They're the ones who must decide whether South Africa is going to be another failed African state or not. So next year, it's our last chance to create um, a new dispensation, create a new future uh, for, for, for South Africans, because we live in a democratic environment. We can determine what kind of leaders we put in place. And, and uh, uh, to be honest with you, the future of this country... It's in the hands of the black majority because they're the biggest. They to, anyone who's going to be in government uh, will be divide, uh, will be decided uh, by black people because they are in the majority. Mm -hmm. So if they continue the voting this government that has failed them for the last 29 years, then they must ac accept the consequences. I cannot see how South Africa will be able to bounce back. In fact, um, you can imagine the destruction caused by this government over the last 29 years. So if they give them another five years, and uh, uh, then I can tell you 2029, South Africa will by then be a failed state. And now to rebuild uh, that when now you've now destroyed uh, the, um, uh, the democratic structures, uh, you've uh, destroyed the criminal justice system, mm -hmm. will, uh, Zimbabwe will be like a Sunday school picnic. So my wish and view, and that's why I'm working hard, to ensure that uh, we can bring in a new era in 2024, because as far as um, I can see and predict, 2024 is our last opportunity and appeal to people of Amanskwan, those entrepreneurs and their families, if they want a great future for themselves and their families, um, to, to start a new chapter in 2024, so that in 30 years' time, uh, kids from Amanskwan can be engineers, can be business people, can be entrepreneurs, can be accountants and so forth. So it is up to people of Amanskarala to really fix mm. their politics. If they are not prepared to fix their politics, they think uh, they can operate in a, in a vacuum and ignore politics. I can tell you po politics are going to follow them in their, bed, in their rooms and they're going to get poorer and poorer and poorer. If we can leave politics just to the side for one second, and we imagine that one person in Amman Scroll today, entrepreneur who needs money to feed his family today, he cannot wait until politics is fixed. How can he, what would be from an entrepreneurial perspective you've been there you've started from the ground up what would be your advice for him that is feeling failed right now today and he needs to feed his family today well uh, Crystal, uh, i don't think uh, um, uh, i'm the kind of person that is going to give uh, people uh, an academic uh, theoretical advice. Uh, if people of Amanskaral, uh, who is today hungry and they want to do something about their lives, uh, 
and they are not prepared to fix uh, their political environment, then they must accept the consequences because the chances of success are next to nothing. With the current labor legislation, with the current lawlessness, because go and start a business today in, in Amanskral, go and start a, a, a supermarket in Amanskral today in, in Ramutsin, where I was born, I can tell you within days, uh, criminal elements are going to rob you uh, or, or even the, the murder you. Uh, you know, so you have no protection whatsoever from criminal justice system. You are competing with um, foreign nationals who are in the country illegally, who are selling counterfeit goods, expired uh, the, the goods, um, who are not registered. But you as a South African, for you to really open a supermarket today, you've got to obviously register because if you're not registered, uh, you're going to get into trouble with the Labor Department. Or otherwise, the only way you're going to survive, that means you must get involved in bribing people, the Labor Department, even including making sure that you comply with uh, employment equity. They, instead of government coming to assist you to really look at your business challenges, they want you to, uh, to comply with uh, employment equity legislation. What does it do? To, tell me what does it do to your, to your business? While you are facing all this, uh, you go to the, to the labor court when people take you to the labor court to, for minor things, people come to work drunk. You, you, you can't just really fire them. Uh, you, you have to really go to, through a myriad of, of challenges. And now as a small entrepreneur, where are you going to get uh, lawyers uh, and uh, HR practitioners to ensure that you can comply with what I call this draconian labor laws? So that's what I'm saying is uh, the challenges are so, are so massive in, in this country mm -hmm. that um, my advice uh, to that entrepreneur in Amanskara, focus uh, as part of everything else that you are doing, fix your political system. I started uh, my business um, uh, in an environment where obviously I think uh, the, the, we had a party system, but I can tell you that my personal safety was uh, guaranteed to, uh, you know, um, uh, I could really move around, uh, sell products to salon on a cash basis and so forth, never being robbed, uh, ducking and diving from the police. That's all in, in terms of um, the state of emergency. But re le 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 generally, you know, armed robberies and uh, the people breaking into your stores, <laughs> when we're non-existent today, you know, it hurts me to give an example, Crystal, when the new South Africa emerged. Uh, I started my business with black distributors throughout the country. And then the new South Africa came. And that's when the, 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 the breakdown of the rule of law started crumbling and eventually collapsed. I could not give uh, my products uh, to black distributors in the township my stock on credit because I deliver stock to him, the very, to him or to her, the very same night they get robbed and they are unable to pay me. You know, and eventually to protect my business, I said, if you come from this environment, you pay for cash. People were owing me a lot of money. If I was going to keep on giving them stock, I, I would go out of business. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to, to figure these things out. And this is something that I relate to South Africans, that it really pains me that um, 
I started business uh, with black distributors uh, all over the country. Went out. I used to travel 10,000 kilometers minimum a, a, a month, going around the country, establishing and market, establishing distributors, marketing the products. And now I look at it. My business is what, 36, 37 years old. Mm -hmm. And I look at now the distribution channel. It's no longer in the hands of black distributors in the townships because of the high levels of crime, the high uh, this uh, draconian labor laws, um, operating with uh, illegal foreigners, with counterfeit goods, uh, counterfeit goods, the level of corruption of corrupting politicians. You know, so if uh, people are not prepared to fix their politi politics, then please don't ask uh, advice from me. I don't know how to advise you because unfortunately your success is dependent on a conducive political environment. Mm, mm, definitely. But speaking of your business adventures, your earlier business adventures, one of it was um, getting your hands on a um, stolen welding machine. And no, that was, no, that was not business. I was still at school at the time. Uh, what happened is uh, uh, friends of uh, or, uh, were of ours, we, we used to be a group of friends uh, and so forth. So one of them, Janky, one time came to tell Lou and I, and we were desperate. Uh, we had no money, uh, you know. So he said to us guys, you know, uh, to my friends and I, we, we've got a machine we stole from one of the factories at Babereki, uh, you know. We, we have been battling for so more than a month or so. We can't get a buyer. So I said to him, where is it? I can get a buyer within days. And uh, we went and took this machine and, and sold it and uh, made money out of it. Uh, but we're still in school. We're not in mm. business. It was not business. Well, it was just... <laughs> some people still regard it as business, even today. But I want to <laughs> no, ask. No, they 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 go on the headlines. They don't read um, what's in the book. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to ask you. At the time, you also said how valuable that welding machine was in your community because it could create a job. What is your opinion about the value of artisans in our country um, getting more on? artisans to go into entrepreneurship look uh crystal if we are not going to educate our nation and we think that uh, they can um, run businesses successful businesses with a 30 percent mark when you close down artisan training colleges and colleges and you don't really train your people then <laughs> forget about it because um someone who cannot really understand the difference between uh, um, uh, running a proper business, understand uh, an income statement, a balance sheet, that, that person will never succeed. It, I mean, you don't have to, um, to get a professor to really tell me that someone who can't read and write, um, uh, uh, what are the chances of this person running a business that can grow, mm. <laughs> you know? Now, with the, with the level of education that you are getting, closing down artisan training colleges. You know, I mean, today, when I grew up, uh, even during those days of apartheid, um, we had uh, black electricians. In fact, when I started Black Like Me in January of 1985 in Harango Industrial Area, um, 
my next door neighbor was an electrician. And another guy who was a carpenter, uh, Mr. Tabani, uh, yeah, uh, was, a, was a carpenter uh, and so forth. So we had the, the different skills uh, the, uh, and services that people have. And this way, trained, qualified people. The, the Mr. Tabani wasn't uh, a carpenter because he learned it from his dad. No, he went to a, to a, to a technical uh, training college. Mm. So lived, uh, 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 what was Mr. Solis, the electrician, was a qualified electrician because of those days in, in the townships uh, of Harangua and other places, uh, the apartheid government just provided electricity in the streets. So if you want to get electricity into your own house, you had to get a professional qualified electrician working with the municipality to ensure that uh, they can then uh, bring electricity into your own house. So we used to have uh, my next door neighbor, Solis um, Electric was one. And next to Soli was Mr. Tabani. And there's another guy doing uh, steel work and so forth. All were not um, that, um, people who were trained by nature. No, they were coming from qualified training uh, colleges. It is for that reason, with, without investment uh, in um, artisan training, then no ways that will be able to rebuild this infrastructure that our government has destroyed over the last 30, uh, 20, 30 years. We are not going to um, rebuild the, this economy and infrastructure by people who are not properly trained. Would you suggest more people go to artisan school than to universities to study entrepreneurship? Yeah, honestly, it, it depends on uh, your God-given talent. Uh, some, yes, when you go in, into artisan training, uh, it's easy for you to come out as an electrician. You can open your own electrical business. Lots of opportunities in, in the townships and everywhere else. And uh, yes, you can go to university, become uh, an, an accountant or become an engineer. And, uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, 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 and uh, yes, people are saying, uh, are, are, they, are they born or trained? I think it's a, it, it's a question of um, the opportunities to present. Because entrepreneurship, uh, it's identifying opportunity that exists in your, in your environment. You know, mm. and some people uh, by nature would not want to take chances. Mm. I mean, I've, I've, I've been an employer for many years, good people, uh, you know, but uh, they would not want to really take a, the, the trouble of taking a risk in running their own business, but they're happy to really work for you and give your their commitment uh, to your business. If you look at most of the listed companies are not run by entrepreneurs. They run by professional people, accountants, lawyers, and whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's not their business. They're not the ones actually who've taken the risk of running business. But they are properly trained. Mm -hmm. So entrepreneurship uh, is not something that um, uh, it, it just really happens. It happens because people identify opportunities. Some of them have got an appetite like me. I'm a, I'm a capitalist. Uh, born uh, capitalism, it's in my... In, in, in my DNA, if you okay. want Helen Mashaba to enjoy life, put me in an environment where I make money, you know, not to do politics. I hate politics uh, to do it, uh, to, but but given what's happening in my country, realizing that 
the only contribution, I can, a positive long-term contribution I can make is to get into politics and use my privileged position so that I can help others to be able to really improve themselves. Mm. Well, Herman, you are fairly outspoken about your Christian faith. Is this only to get votes or do you really believe it makes a difference on a day-to-day -day basis? It's, it's up to people to judge. It's not up to me. I can only tell you, but it's, it's up to the people to really decide. I, I'm not one to decide for other people. I decide for him and myself. And how much does it make a difference in your life? Without having a, the Christian faith and values, uh, that's why I believe in ethical leadership. Uh, no one will ever hold a gun, gun at me. Uh, I'm, I'm, never, I'm not a compromised person because everything that I do, I ask for God's blessing. Mm -hmm. And so far it's working very, very well. I can't say I can't say it's working. I would like it to be. If it, was, if, it was, if it was working well, we would not really be having this criminal government of ours. Mm -hmm. Because I pray every day for for the collapse of this uh, criminal government uh, to to be removed from government. Mm -hmm. Absolutely true. But Herman, it looks like you are always fairly in control of your situation. Do you ever get times when you feel your day is spinning out of control? <laughs> no. I tell you, that uh, that is the training that my grandfather instilled in me to always be 100% in control over my life. Uh, 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 no, man, I don't really believe uh, in, in, uh, in, in someone taking responsibility for me. Every decision that I make, I take personal responsibility for it. Whether it's a mis it's a good decision or I made a mistake, because one thing that I, I accept, I'm a human being, I'm fallible. That's why it, um, over my life, um, in business, in everything that I do, I make sure that I surround myself uh, with strong people, including the reason why I got married uh, to my wife, because um, uh, she's a strong person. Because, you know, for me, as Herman Mashaba, to feel vulnerable, that's when I have, I'm surrounded by weak people. I feel vulnerable. That's why I just don't want uh, to be surrounded by weak people because they will uh, uh, um, put me in, into a ditch. Because um, uh, weak people don't challenge me. You know, I know and I've accepted that life is not perfect. We need to always navigate to correct it. Now, can imagine if you're surrounded by weak people who are happy always uh, to agree with you, even when um they don't agree and then they want to gossip on the sides mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. I, I, I would uh, i really dread to be, to surround myself uh, with such people that's why throughout my life i'm taken to really be a stubborn person some people think i'm a dictator because i cannot accept um, weak people around me um in my leadership position I accept and, and I respect people. There are certain people who can be managers. Mm -hmm. then that's fine. Let's give them the job uh, to do something where they don't have to make decisions. Mm -hmm. But uh, for you to be the manager and you can't make decisions, then no. 
you cannot be a manager if uh, the, don't really tell me um, you, you 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 may fail to really make this decision uh, and 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 you knew about it and you never brought it to our attention. That means you are not a manager. And uh, yes, absolutely, I will make sure that I put you in an environment where you can then play a role of not managing. Mm. Because managers must be people who, who are able and capable of making decisions and not always think that all decisions that you're going to make um, um, must be popular. Mm. Forget about being popular. <laughs> do what is right for the business, do what is right for society, do what is right for your own family, do what is right for yourself and others around you mm. as a manager. But that's not always to forget about popularity. Hmm? Yes, that's not always easy to do the right thing. Yeah. It's well, easier to do well, the popular Well, that thing. is why that is why if, if if people think it's not easy, then the, the, such people must then be given jobs where they must just run a machine and they don't make decisions. Uh, start to sit on a machine where products move on and no decisions to really be made. As long as you are able to remember that uh, switch on this machine and it'll run, put the stuff in the box, then no decision. <laughs> mm. And that's fine now. That's why it's important uh, to do skills audit uh, of, of people to establish uh, their, their strength and their weaknesses. But uh, if, if uh, you're, you're a businessman, you employ weak people, you surround yourself with, uh, with weak people, then accept the consequences mm. if they, they are unable to really make decisions. Because decisions have got to be made every day. Yeah? Absolutely. And tough decisions most of the time. Absolutely. Very, very good advice. I will write that down in my book. <laughs> in November 2019, when you left the office of uh, mayor of Johannesburg, you said in an article, I'll be on holiday, sitting somewhere, reading books, drinking wine, playing golf, tennis and piano. Is that still the way that you use to regroup and re-energize yourself? Well, absolutely. To as and when I get an opportunity, that's really what I do. I like uh, traveling. It's just that my traveling is uh, limited right now with the kind of work that I do. Something that I miss to do with my, with, with my wife. Uh, on Friday, on Saturday, someone brought me uh, a nice bottle of uh, whiskey and I called a friend of mine. We said um, my daughter was in the States, uh, bought me some LPs, vinyls, uh, and I sat with a friend of mine for two, three hours. My wife was in Cape Town, and I really had fun, switched off uh, from the normal running around. I think we spent three, four hours together, just the two of us listening to mute, good music and um Play, you know, that uh, unfortunately, I'm still from the old school. I play vinyl, so you know, I've got a good system, to, uh, you know, listening to music I like. And, um, and, and I'll, I'll, while the, the, the music is playing, I will try and, and use the piano to be part of whatever music that is playing. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> because I'm a bad pianist, I've never really uh, had. Uh, Proper training. By the time I bought the, the 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 piano and went for lessons, it was already too late. Very busy to to focus. So so I've accepted that. Um, yeah, now the, 
at least I know where the, the keys are with the piano. So sometimes when that particular music plays, not especially jazz, I can play my vinyl and play my piano as part of myself while I'm having a glass of whiskey. Oh, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. And do you still play golf? But uh, I'm, I'm lucky if I play for five, six times in a, a year, I play golf. But but I enjoyed uh, when uh, for the, the, for to just when he balls the other day because the last time I played, uh, my golf was so bad that I'm doing. Because I don't really, you know, for many years, um, for last 30 years, um, before I went into politics, I used to play golf uh, with our every saturday when when we home or even when we travel overseas we'll be anywhere in the world which part of our holidays would be playing golf but obviously i got stupid in 2016 to went to politics a brutal job the way i work seven days a week literally 24 hours a day you know so yes i, I love golf um as and when i get an opportunity i, I go and play in fact, uh, this Friday, the, a friend invited me to play with him and I've accepted. But I've got another appointment. I'm going to see if I can move this screen, play golf. But I know I'm going to play nonsense because I've not played, I've not, I don't practice. But I enjoy, I, I enjoy being in a golf course, walking, laughing with friends. It's, it's lovely. Okay. And being out in nature. Well, yeah, absolutely. I love, uh, I love, I love to really be out there in the golf course of nature. Uh, the last uh, year, my wife and I went to some, uh, to uh, this place in uh, um, in Kenya. What's it called, by the way? Um, uh, this big um, nature reserve in Kenya. I forget the name now. We had a lovely time, my goodness. With the, and yeah, we're planning soon to go to the, the Tanzanian side, the Serengeti, one of these days, into Kruka National Park. Many times we've been to private game uh, reserves to Botswana and other places. And, you know, that's why, in fact, even in, um, in my will, uh, even in, in my, my will, uh, <laughs> um, my will is that I must be cremated. And my issues must be um, my wife and my family leave uh, the star life. Uh, they must go and throw them in the Kruka National Park. Oh, the wow. Animals. Oh, wow. For <laughs> the animals. <laughs> Hopefully they won't be feasting on it. <laughs> then let them feast and their life continues. <laughs> oh, and any sport that you practice, exercise? Well, I've got a gym at home. Uh, I try and exercise three, four times a week. A week. So the, the room next door to my bedroom, it's a full-fledged uh, gym with a steam room. So I try as much as possible to exercise as and when I'm home. And uh, because I've got a back problem because of many years of traveling in my youth, as I said, I used to do plus minus 10,000 kilometers mm -hmm. a, a, a month. So, you know, as I got older, you know, my back, um, the only way to avoid having an operation, I must exercise. And I went to a, to a sports, um, to, to medicine people, and, uh, you know, they don't, I don't have to do an operation. I must just exercise, show me what kind of exercises I do. I go to Thai massage um, uh, once a week. 
uh, to do this um, um, uh, this um, traditional Thai massage to really, I mean, stretch your your body in a half, but but I, I enjoy it because uh, it gives me an opportunity to make sure that um, you know, then I don't have to risk uh, having one day just going to do an operation on my um, on my back. There's no need. Um, we know what the problem is. It's just that it really requires exercise, regular exercise. Well, speaking of one day, what would be, say, in a perfect world after the 2024 election, uh, your dream of getting the ANC removed is done and dusted, it's sorted. What would be your next metaphorical mountain that you want to climb outside of uh -oh. politics? My goodness, I really dream of that day before I reach 70 that I can be out of politics and uh, to work with my wife uh, in our businesses, look after our family interest and travel the world. And uh, that is really my dream, I wish uh, that, uh, that I can live up to uh, seventy to see the ANC out and I'm out of politics so that uh, then I can have at least 20 years of uh, traveling the world. My wife and I have had uh, the privilege over the last 40 years of extensively traveling the world, but we feel we still want to do more. But because of the kind of um, business I've entered, uh, it's, uh, you know, our travel is very limited. So I hope uh, I'll really be able to do that um, when I'm 70, I'm out of politics, but this is dependent on uh, the 2024 project, because if we fail to remove the ANC next year, that would mean then I've got another five years of fighting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, and we don't want that. Well, uh, you definitely, or I don't think there's any South African who still wants to see ANC in government. But uh, how do we mobilize them to understand, particularly the black people, to understand that um, the, uh, with the ANC that there's abuse to go out and uh, vote them out so that we can have a peaceful transition? Mm -hmm. I just want to quickly come back to you. You mentioned your wife um, a couple of times, but she's obviously over the years taken over your black like me baby that you've cared for so much and looking after it as far as I can understand on a day-to-day -day basis. Does that not make you jealous that she can be busy with it and you have to do politics? I think, Christelle, I'm normal to be jealous. Why should I? I'm proud of it. What does jealous Just got to do? That's, no, that's, uh, I'm actually quite proud of what she's doing. Uh, she's not just really running our cosmetic business. She's running our, on our family business interest. Uh, and I'm proud of her. She's working with my daughter. I'm very proud of, uh, proud of them. Oh. Why should I be jealous of people who are doing a great job? Uh-huh. <laughs> No, I was just joking on that. Herman, just quickly, your what would be your number one book that you would recommend for our entrepreneurs to read? Uh, what is this book by uh, Thomas Sowell? Um, I think he's written so many books. Um, let them read uh, books uh, by this uh, um, uh, professor... Um, 
Thomas Sowell. That okay. he's written lots of books. Okay. It's not just it's one of the greatest uh, economists um, that I, I my in, in in the world. It's a Stanford University. It's a you know. So okay. yeah. Let right. them read uh, books by uh, Professor Thomas Sowell. Okay. He's, he's one of the greatest uh, economists that he can uh, really teach them to take personal responsibility and understand um, how so-called politicians have, uh, uh, they keep misleading them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And your favorite quote that you live by? I, live, not, I don't have one, there's so many quotes. Just believe in yourself. Okay, great, fantastic. Herman, just parting message for our entrepreneurs, apart from that they need to go out and vote, any words of encouragement and advice? Well, uh, you know, if uh, you you want to be successful uh, as an entrepreneur, please get involved in something that uh, you know and understand and you've got experience on. And uh, please forget uh, this notion of uh, thinking that um, you can fool people by going into business because you want to help others. Please stop this nonsense. You go into business, don't apologize to anyone. Go into business to make money for yourself and your family. Because in the process, you will employ others, you'll pay taxes and uh, do good to society. Because um, it is a myth uh, and it's nonsense for someone coming to me says, Herman, uh, please, I need a loan uh, to start business because there's high unemployment in South Africa. That's nonsense. <laughs> Don't even waste my time. If you want to go into business, uh, you want to be an entrepreneur, Go into business to make money for yourself and your family. First. And you might be lucky, like Herman Mashabo, that you can make more than what your family can consume and that extra money, then you can go and help society. But first, help yourself. Because uh, it's a it's a wrong starting block to say uh, to fool people. Because that's not uh, basically why people will go into business. Mm. People go into business to make money. Anyone who tells you they are going to business because they want uh, to to help others, they they they're lying to themselves. They're not lying to Herman You go into business because you want to make money uh, to take yourself and your family out of poverty, and then you might be lucky to make more than what your family can consume. Then you can give some of it to society in whatever project that you do. Like.